This episode of the Global Franchise Podcast is brought to you by Location Bank. Are customers struggling to find you? Is the competition getting the first found advantage? Tired of being beaten to the punch? Good news, Location Bank can help. Create one version of the digital truth, engage with customers, track key digital performance metrics and boost digital visibility across your whole franchise network from one platform. Be found with Location Bank. Welcome to the Global Franchise Podcast, where we sit down with the industry's most accomplished professionals on a weekly basis. I'm Kieran McLoon, editor for Global Franchise Magazine. An entrepreneur is somebody that wants to build that business and have their thumbprint on every aspect of the business. Uh, Whereas, in my opinion, a franchise owner wants to own a business but is is less connected to the you know the, the color of the logo and the website content etc they just want the business to work and so why is a franchise preferential in in a post pandemic world if you want to own a business and you don't want that business to own you then franchising makes a lot of sense because we can build the business to the system and to the franchise brand so you're not building that business around you and your personality as the leader as the owner as much right as you would if you're an entrepreneur this week we're joined by david weaver an accomplished consultant for franchise and the president of franchise your freedom as the name of his organization would suggest david is a lifelong advocate for the power of franchising and the independence that the business model can bring Over his career, he has helped over 150 business owners spread their entrepreneurial dreams through over 200 individual franchise locations and continues to work with entrepreneurs in realising their franchising potential. Today, we wanted to speak with David about what's hot in franchising right now. That means the kinds of questions that new franchisees should be asking their franchisor, what kind of risks can be associated with the business model and how the pandemic has elevated the opportunity found within specific segments. So I think that the short story is uh, I grew up in a manufacturing family. So we we owned a, a large manufacturing um, company that made non-ferrous castings for the auto industry. And in that process, I learned how, A, how complicated manufacturing is, and, and B, I was implementing the ISO 9000 quality control process. Working in family business is riddled with cliches, so um, I won't go into that, but I decided I didn't want to be part of the family business and I wanted to raise my family out in, in the mountains of Colorado, so I did that. Then I started working for a non-bank lender and focusing specifically on the franchise space, so I learned a lot about franchising, and that's when it clicked was franchising is really ISO 9000 quality control process for small businesses of all kinds. Mm. And that's when I really fell in love with franchising. Um, I'm a very much of a systems guy. Um, and so that's really the message that, uh, that I want to send to people. A lot of people love the idea of business ownership. Franchising allows you to do it much, much easier than starting a business from scratch. And I learned that running a business that didn't have systems, implementing systems, and then understanding what that meant 
um, having a business that you can run to a process uh, is is much, much better. Right. So uh, you don't have to build the system. You can just use the system that you're buying into. Yeah, I mean, that, that quite nicely transitions into my next question for you, David, which is just particularly in light of the post-pandemic struggles at the moment that all business owners are going through. Um, what are some of the other reasons as to why you think franchising is preferential to starting out your own independent business in today's landscape? I think I think franchising is good for some but not for all right right and and I think a franchise owner is different than an entrepreneur so I think of a franchise owner and an entrepreneur as business owners but I think of franchise owners as they're philosophically different right so an entrepreneur is somebody that wants to build that business and have their thumbprint on every aspect of the business uh, whereas, in my opinion, a franchise owner wants to own a business, but is is less connected to the you know the, the color of the logo and the website content, et cetera. They just want the business to work. And so, why is a franchise preferential in in a post pandemic world? It's the same as in a pre pandemic world, in my opinion. If you want to own a business and you don't want that business to own you, then franchising makes a lot of sense because we can build the business to the system and to the franchise brand. So you're not building that business around you and your personality as the leader, as the owner, as much, right? Yeah. As you would if you're an entrepreneur. Um, and that does several things for you. It allows you to focus on building and scaling the business. Um, it, it also helps in building an exit or building an asset that you could sell uh, because of the franchise, the franchise brand, the franchise system, and frankly, the franchise sales team, you know, that's still in place when you want to sell. So, um, you know, entrepreneurs tend to have a hard time selling their business because they, you know, for lots of different reasons, but that's the, that's kind of my two cents on franchising versus owning a business independently. There's just a lot of things that are done for you that make you grow the business faster. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, on this show especially, we're very keen on, you know, sharing the the virtues of franchising like yourself and the positives of the business model. But it is still a form of business ownership. And of course, there are risks that come alongside that. Um, what would you say are some of the, the key challenges that franchisees could encounter on their journey of business ownership? And how can and having an adept franchisor assist with some of those or mitigate some of those challenges? I think the number one thing that all small businesses uh, face is capital and having adequate amounts of capital, mm. right? And so um, that's much more challenging if you're an independent business because you you really don't know what to expect nearly as much. One of the things I like about franchising uh, and the franchise disclosure document is you have a pretty good understanding of what the inputs should be, how much is it going to cost to start the business? And you have a pretty good understanding of what the output should be. What are the, what is the earnings potential, right? In the item seven and item 19 of, of your FTD. So that's a really strong starting point if you're comparing that to starting a business from scratch. Um, and then the other piece is talking to other franchise owners to figure out speed to break even and therefore the working capital that's necessary. So um, you can very systematically pin down what your 
capital requirements really should be based upon actual information from people that have done it before. That's the biggest hurdle. Um, and, and that's, that's why franchising helps. Um, I think that the other two major concerns that, that, you know, kind of cause risk is customer acquisition or launching and ramping your business, hiring and, and training and onboarding employees. So again, I think whether it's a franchise or an independent business, these are the two key aspects of, of growing any business, right? You, I tell my candidates all the time, the number one thing you need to focus on is finding and attracting great customers that love what you do and want to come back over and over again. And you also have to find and attract great employees that are going to take care of those customers that want to stay, right? So managing people is your job as any owner and, and specifically a franchise owner. Those are the two you know, most challenging things that, that would create risk for, um, especially in the beginning. I mean, I, I talk about business maturity last, you know, taking about three to five years to get a business started to business maturity and lots of different things as it relates to that. But those would be the first, the, the two biggest things that would then mitigate your risk if you can do those. And um, along those lines of research, when a prospective franchisee first comes into the industry and they're trying to decide what kind of industry or what particular brand to pursue, because of course, as we know, franchising now is so ubiquitous, particularly in the States, that kind of every kind of brand you could think of has a franchise opportunity. Um, what do you think is most important in making that decision of what kind of industry or brand to align yourself with? Do you think that um, prospective franchisees should be driven by passion or previous experience or perhaps it's the financials? Are there any kind of main areas you think they should focus on? <laughs> what a great question. This is a question that I ask my candidates almost verbatim and, and breaking down these three things, right? Because um, they're, they're very intertwined and they also direct traffic for what brand might be a good fit for that particular individual, which is really my goal is to try to help them identify the right business for them. Sure. Um, I often get the question, what's the best franchise? And it's really hard to answer because I don't know what you want out of the business, right? Yeah. I think experience is key, right? The skills and, and abilities of that particular person that's going to be the leader of the business. Financials or money is always an important uh, characteristic. So I, my whole philosophy, Karen, is to help people through sharing my own personal experience and the businesses that I've owned and the franchises that I've owned, um, look at the franchise space like a business investor so that we're not shopping for a franchise like a consumer, right? So what I mean by that is a business investor focuses first on the business model and or the business characteristics that make up the model that you want to invest in then I want them to focus on their role as the owner. How are they gonna interact in the business? Because some franchise brands are built for the owner operator or the executive owner or the some absentee or manager run owner. Those business models are different, right? And the expectation of your inputs are different. The third thing that I get people to focus on is scale. How do we wanna scale the business? Do you want one location or 10 locations? And there's lots to that. So. Having said all of that, I put the business model, the business model characteristics, and really what are your goals and connect those two together, much more so than passion. Right. 
So I'm, I'm, I feel like my value to a candidate that's looking for the first time is not in being a realtor that's showing them houses until they fall in love with the kitchen, right? I, people can do that online. They can do that themselves. I, I personally believe that if you step into a business solely because of passion, the business is going to eat up the passion. And it's, I mean, the, Michael Gerber wrote a book called The E-Myth, and that's what the whole business, the, that whole book is all about. Um, and so as well as systems and, and structure, et cetera. But, um, I, th I like to focus on fundamentals. So if I, to answer your question specifically, I think the financials have to work. The business model has to work and the financial expectations have to be able to be proven out. Um, if that doesn't happen, then I think you're missing the rest of it. Mm. So I would say that's probably the answer. Financial first. Experience is very important, but a lot of the lessons you learn in 20 years of corporate America, which is a typical uh, franchise candidate, you know, aligns you very, very well for executing against most franchise systems, if the franchise system is solid. Well, don't worry, David, I'm not going to ask you the golden question of which brand is best to invest in right now. But um, <laughs> let's say you've got a franchisee who has decided upon or at least is leaning towards a certain brand. Um, what kind of questions should they be asking the franchisors in that discovery stage to ascertain whether that brand is truly the right fit for their strategy and their goals? It's a great question. Um, I, I spend about six weeks or so with candidates. And most of that six weeks is sharing lots of different questions. Um, I think for your listeners today, the best way to answer that question is in, in my consultation where we're defining what is the business model that they're after, I ask the question, why franchising, right? Why, why would you want to invest in a franchise over starting a business from scratch, et cetera? And, and the answers are, you know, are, are pretty common. People will say things like brand recognition or it's, I don't have to recreate the wheel. I don't want to start from scratch, shorten the learning curve, all kinds of stuff like that. So I use that as a segue to this idea that I just started calling the franchise promise because what I recognized out of the, what comes out of that first question is this idea that all franchises are the same. All I have to do is buy a franchise, any franchise, and I will have a proven model that is very defined, that gives, that shortens my learning curve, lessens my risk, et cetera. The reality is franchise brands are remarkably different, right? Some franchise brands are really, really good with systems. Some brands are really good with support. A handful of brands are really good at both. Uh, many brands don't have either, right? They really don't have much of a system or much support. So how would you know if you're talking to a great salesperson that's telling you it's awesome? So the lens I want them to look through is that of the franchise fee and the royalty. Hmm. Franchise fee, I want you to think of as support. Uh, I'm sorry, as the system that you're buying into because you're paying for it one time, franchise fee, right? Up front, what are you buying? And is there value in that system, right? What, How proven is the business model that you're buying into? And then royalty, you pay every month, whether you like it or not, right? That's just part of franchising. And so I want the candidate to think about what is the support mechanisms that are built into the franchisor that would add value to them growing their business? So if we have a really solid system and we have really good support, then we can deter we can really see the value proposition that that particular franchise they're looking at brings to the table. And also if they're comparing one franchise to the other, that's going to let allow one to rise to the top over the other one. Um, and and so there's a whole bunch of questions in there. 
But really from a philosophy standpoint, I think that clarifies things for people that are just looking at the franchise space for the first time um, in a very fairly simple, simplified way. And are there any kind of particular sectors or industries, David, that you think have either become increasingly attractive for franchise investment as a result of their resilience, perhaps during the pandemic, or just certain sectors you think have always been enduring and are worth considering for first-time franchisees? Uh, very good question. I think, you know, with, with every economic cycle, um, things that were hot yesterday are no longer hot today and um, that kind of thing. Uh, what happened through the pandemic is the non-sexy businesses became sexy and the sexy businesses became non-sexy, right? So a lot of people like food and fitness or think about food and fitness when they think about uh, franchising. Um, those sectors were the hardest hit and the most closed down. So the the attractiveness pivoted towards real estate-centric franchises because that's where everybody spent their money during the pandemic. Uh, those businesses grew and scaled uh, significantly through you know, 2019, 2020, 2021, and they're still doing very well. So what is, what is the focus going forward? I think the sectors that are focused on self-care, health and beauty, fitness, taking care of ourselves, right? So people are now more focused on taking care of ourselves. So those look like you know, med spas or mental illness or beauty concepts like blow dry bars and things like that. So if I just want to feel good, I want to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and that that's a variety of different things for different people. But um, those would be the sectors that I would focus on. And there's some really, really exciting brands and, and innovative technologies that also are emerging in that self-care space. Um, pretty cool. I mean, just all kinds of stuff, cryotherapy and float tanks and, and all kinds of ways that we now know we can take care of ourselves and our bodies that, uh, that are very appealing to a lot of people. Yeah, no, that's certainly our experience as well with the podcast is recently we've had on many guests and we have many to come who um, are in that self-care space. It does seem like it's a real booming industry at the moment, possibly as a result of, as you say, people kind of realizing that's such an important thing for them during COVID. But I think as well, just with the changing perception of brands and um, how they impact society as a whole. Um, my final question for you, David, is kind of just, I suppose, a, a summary of everything that we've spoken about, which is just what would be your golden piece of advice for an entrepreneur? who's perhaps looking to get into the franchising world for the first time in 2022? A uh, golden piece of advice would be ask a lot of questions. One of the things that I get people to focus on is challenge your assumptions so that we, we can ask a lot of questions around those assumptions. And the questions that I would focus on would be to actual franchise owners. Um, you want to talk to the franchisor and get a good understanding of of kind of what the business model is and et cetera, but really focus on the, the actual experience of franchise owners. Um, I often say, you know, as a franchise owner myself and asking, you know, calling for validation calls, that's what I call them, validation. You want to validate the system you're buying into, talking to franchise owners, um, and also receiving those as a franchisee. What I love about that process and I teach people how to walk that, you know, go through that process is the franchise owner really doesn't have any dog in the fight. They don't remember who they're talking to or who actually becomes a franchisee and who doesn't, et cetera. So if you ask really good 
questions of the franchise owners, you'll be surprised at how open and candid they are about their experience. So that would be the first thing. And then I would say sort of a secondary golden piece of advice, really focus on the leadership team at the franchisor. That's different. There are franchise CEOs that and or really hold leadership teams that have built franchise brands successfully and then go and do it again and go do it again. It's that experience and track record of getting franchisees into the system, but then making those franchisees successful quickly Mm. that allows that particular leadership team to do it over and over and over again, right? There are leadership teams and brands that stick around for 10 or 15 years, but that's really what I focus on is you want to you want to surround yourself with really smart people and that's a good way to look at and find them excellent yeah well i think that's a really great um couple of pieces of advice to end on so thank you very much again for joining us david and uh, hope to catch up with you again soon fantastic thank you for having me If there was one lesson from the many that David shared that was consistently brought up, it's that prospective franchisees should be asking lots of questions. They should speak with existing franchisees for a brand, the franchisor themselves, and even consultants such as David to truly understand the kind of opportunity that they're getting themselves into. It was also interesting to hear David's ideas around the motivations that should guide entrepreneurs, and that ultimately financial capability is the most important. You can have all the passion in the world, but if you lack the capital to grow and succeed, then it's unlikely that you'll manage to do so. We'd be keen to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think is the main driver for today's franchisees? Make sure to let us know. If you like the podcast, subscribe and recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. To keep up to date with franchise news and have it put into context by the global franchise experts, subscribe to the magazine, hit us up at globalfranchisemagazine.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn today.